Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Today, we're going to have Rhonda Ezel. Uh, she's the, I don't know if you remember this case, it's Ezel versus C City of Chicago. Actually, there are two cases, and Rhonda's going to tell us all about them. Uh, Rhonda Ezel is one of the founders of Guns Matter, Chicago Guns Matter, Chicago Guns Matter, and they do, and it matters to a lot of people, and we're going to break it down for you. You know, you know, when you look at this picture of, you know, who are the people that are pushing this pro-Second Amendment stance and are defending our Second Amendment rights, our constitutional rights, it's not always the picture that the media wants to show you. It's not that picture. It's a totally different picture. You know, you go back to like campus carry uh, when campus carry was passed in Texas wasn't always the picture that the media wanted to paint for you. They wanted to show you a totally different look on who was staying at the Capitol and testifying in committees and supporting the campus carry legislation. And when it, and then here we are today. There are a lot of court cases that you know have been won. Court cases going on today, court cases that have happened 10 years ago. Uh, all around this country, and it's not always the face that the media wants to show you. So let's look at the real picture. Who's pushing the Second Amendment stance? Who's supporting? Who's actually defending the Second Amendment in court and taking it to those people who are trying to take your guns away? So let me bring into the conversation Rhonda Ezel. Rhonda, welcome to Come and Talk It. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. How are you today? Absolutely. I'm doing great. Doing great. It's nice to have you. How's the weather up there in Chicago, in Chi-Town? It's a little bit messy. <laughs> oh, you guys got some snow it or snowed something. snowed last night and some sleet snow, and we got some rain today. Cool weather, so oh. not good. All right, nice. All right, so, here, you know, Rhonda, I want you to tell us, you know, tell us your story. You know, how did you start this path? 
of being the face and the name behind one of the most the most popular cases uh, for the state of Illinois against Chicago, because Chicago is like the anti-gun city, you know, m- more so than New York, more so than L.A. Uh, how, how did you become the face of this fight that you won against the city of Chicago? Well, first of all, that used to be the case. The city of Chicago was a very corrupt system in place where they um, had their foot on the necks of law-abiding Americans. Uh, my story is, it's, um, it's a very long story. We, we in the state of Illinois was the last state to get some form of concealed carry on the book. And it started out here with uh, the fight of McDonald versus the city of Chicago. Otis McDonald, along with David and Colleen Lawson, took on the city of Chicago for the right to own a gun in the home. And that was a Supreme Court case. That case went always to the United States Supreme Court, and we had that victory. So the McDonald case was a trailblazing case for gun rights in the state of Illinois. And as one day I was sitting home on the couch and I was watching television, I was having dinner, and I saw on the news that uh, the case had been won. And I said, oh, wow, we can have a gun in the home now. I said, let me jot down this information so that I can uh, see what's needed to be done and go about getting this this uh, CFP that was stated that was needed. So I took down this information on the on the television. And I didn't get all the information. I got like the area code and six numbers. So you know what that meant. I had to dial the area code and the, the, the numbers and boom, the next number until I got them to answer the phone. And so I eventually got a hold to the individuals that had uh, advertised the course that was needed because after the McDonald case had been won, the city of Chicago said, well, okay, now you guys can have a gun in the home, but you're gonna need 16 hours of training and you're gonna need live fire range training as well. And so when I, got that information off the television and I got into that class and I got down there and we did the theory portion of the class and I thought uh, to myself that we would do the range training portion of the class as well uh, in the same day. That was just my thinking. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So they passed out paperwork and they said, hey guys, tomorrow, here is where we will go to do the, the range training portion of the class. And so I took a look and I was like, wow, where are we going? What is this? And they were like, oh, well, we're going to go in Dundee, Illinois to do the range portion. Now, we're talking about the city of Chicago now saying that in order for an individual to actually possess that firearm in their home after the historical landmark victory of the McDonald case, they're saying you now have to have a CFP, which was a Chicago firearm permit. Now they want you to do the range training but they also prohibited gun ranges at the same time. So I found myself going outside of the city of Chicago to comply with this um, new law that was in place. And the, the, what was bad about it was, one, I had just lost my help. I had just beat life support, learned how to walk again. And I found myself driving 50 miles outside of the city to comply with the city ordinance. And so when I finally completed that whole situation, I came back home and I reached out to our state organization, which I'm a lifetime member of, the Illinois State Rifle Association. You know, you join these organizations, you pay these 
dues and you wonder what are you paying for, so I reach out. And so I told them my story and they evaluated the situation and, and they said that your rights had been violated and Ezel versus Chicago was born. Wow. Uh, so you're talking about, man, in order for you to get this license, uh, now that you know the court case was won in the McDonald case, you had to travel like, what is it, 50 miles outside of Chicago to go qualify because there's no gun range in the city limits of Chicago? Correct. Well, and, and here's here, here's the um, the flip side of that. There wasn't gun ranges available for the general public because there are gun ranges that are in court buildings, school buildings, etc. Because my co-plaintiffs are uh, builders of ranges, which is action targets. So we know that gun ranges exist within the city limits of the city of Chicago. They just weren't available to the general public. All right, so we're talking with Rhonda Ezel. She's the Ezel versus Ch City of Chicago landmark decision court case that went to the, I believe, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. And there are two cases we're going to tell you about. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Ray. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking with Rhonda Ezel. This, this is the Ezel versus City of Chicago. Uh, there are two court cases, and Rhonda's giving us a rundown 
on how all this stuff played out in Chicago. Because Chicago was one of the, the worst, the actual last, last, Illinois is the last state to get a handgun license program. Chicago is the last, one of the last cities to allow it. And Rhonda's telling us all about it. So Rhonda had to travel, you know, outside the city limits of Chicago, about some 50 miles just to do the range portion. She was able to do the classroom portion uh, in the city of Chicago, but then she had to travel about 50 miles outside the city to do the range portion. And, you know, she was at the time she was having different health issues and things of that nature. And so it was very hard for her to do that. But she still pushed through and pushed forward and still got it all done. And Rhonda was telling us her amazing story and how she whipped and beat the city of Chicago in court. Go ahead, Rhonda. Absolutely. And it felt good. You know, everyone knows that the city of Chicago is the number one corrupt city in the nation, and we're the number one corrupt state in the nation as well. And so when you find yourself in federal court going up against the political powers that be, uh, you take a, a, a chance. Like, you're putting your life on the line. You're putting the lives of your loved ones on the line. But if you... Uh, if you take a stand, you know, you believe in something, you have to take a stand and fight for it. If you're passionate about it, take a stand. And that's what we did here. Uh, the city of Chicago had for so long had this catch-22 in place where uh, we had a corrupt alderman who was the one that put on the books that you can't have a firearm in the city of Chicago, and yet he's being indicted as we speak. But this is uh, part of the corrupted system that we've dealt with uh, for decades and until uh, this day, as a matter of fact. And so, you know, when we took on the city of Chicago, uh, it was right after Mac the McDonald case. And, and the McDonald case was filed right after the Heller case. And one great thing about that that a lot of individuals in the country may not know is that we all had the same attorneys. And so uh, that, that makes the fight worth it because you know, you have to strategically put in place uh, things that, you know, um, how to fight these battles and, and make sure that they work. And so, uh, you know, we had the Second Amendment Foundation who financially supported us in our efforts, and we thank them for that. And, and um, But the city of Chicago itself, you know, it it's one of those places where uh, they do what they want, but then they want to put this power play and, and, and impose all this gun control, all this tyranny on the general public. So we find ourselves in federal court because, again, you can now have the firearm in the home, and they were upset about the, the landmark victory in the McDonald case, and they said, well, you have to go get training. You're going to have to get live training. You have to uh, get a Chicago firearm permit in order to do so. Once again, now we find ourselves in court. We sued them for the right to build gun ranches. So we won the first case, which was Eza versus the city of Chicago. We sued the city to build brick and mortar gun ranges. And of course, uh, just like clockwork, uh, we were uh, fighting on the measure of the city prohibiting gun ranges, outright prohibiting, prohibiting them altogether, and we won that. And so they came back with more shenanigans and said, okay, well, you can't build one within... Um, 500 feet of a school, a liquor store, a church, et cetera, et cetera. And well, okay, in the city, when you start looking at the demographic and the uh, the layout of the city, then that left a uh, mere, what, one, 
two percent of, of space left. Oh wow! Which they tried to restrict gun ranges only to manufacturing districts. So we eventually knocked all of that down. Uh, we we knocked down uh, the age of a minor at a firearm. They wanted to control the hours of operation. They wanted to control the owners, what licenses they needed to have in order to, to do business, etc. Things like that. So we didn't stand for that. We took them to court a second time and we won. And so the only thing that has not happened since the two federal victories, and these are historical landmark victories, no one has invested in those wins. And hopefully at some point in time, someone will. Because the work that we've put forth, it's more than about um, Rhonda Ezell. It's more than Chicago Guns Matter. Um, it's more than the city of Chicago. Our cases are cited across the country, and we are helping win cases all over the United States of America. So we've set a precedent for how the Second Amendment is interpreted in a court of law. So our work is the gift that keeps on giving. So we're passionate about what we do here, and we've done a lot. And if you take a look inside of other cases that have been won across the country, you will see McDonald versus Chicago cited. You may see uh, Moore versus Madigan cited. You will see Ezell versus City of Chicago cited. And one special thing about those three cases being cited alongside of the Heller case, and now the, the, the New York State Rifle and Pistol v. Bruin decision, is that those three cases have black lead plaintiffs. And the only reason I bring that up is because there's a misconception about the black community and firearm ownership. It's just unfortunate that, you know, the reason we did put together Chicago Guns Matter was to put faces to the cases so that people can see who we are. We wanted to be more than a household name in the industry. We wanted to um, humanize the cases and not just be uh, somewhere in the courtroom and, and have our names uh, spoken and, and people just move on and carry on. We wanted to uh, let people know who we are, feel who we are, feel the work that we've done, understand the things that we've done to help keep this country a free country. All right. And so i uh, got a couple questions uh, coming in for you, sure. uh, Ms. Ezel. And uh, one of them, someone's asking about the mayor, the mayor's race. I think there are two options now because you guys are in a runoff race for mayor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they both have different stances on criminal justice reform. So, you know, mm-hmm. what's your take on those two candidates? My take on both of the candidates are they're trash. They're trash for gun owners. I will simply go into the booth and write my name in like I always do. <laughs> because we have Paul Vallis, who clearly states he's, well, you know what? Let me run that back. We have Brandon Johnson, um, a gentleman who I don't think is ready to be mayor. Um, he is big on defunding the police. So there's that. And yet they, none of the candidates support the, the right to self-defense. And so there's that. He definitely won't get my vote. We have Paul Vallis, who outright had a, a, um, an ad going saying that he will support Governor J.B. Prisker's unconstitutional ban on AR-15s and magazines. He definitely won't get my vote. So when we start taking a look at these candidates, and none of them support the Second Amendment, right? 
and the Second Amendment supports the right to free speech, what are we talking about here? What do we have? You have one telling you, I'm going to defund the police. I'm going to take millions of dollars from the police department, and I'm going to bring in mental health crises, uh, individuals to help with whatever violence that's taking place in the city. That's not going to prevent anything. That's not going to stop these criminals. And then on the other hand, you have the, the other individual who says, I'm going to support an unconstitutional law that was bill that was signed into law by our governors. What does that tell you? These people are as corrupt as, you know, all outdoors. So I don't have a win in the in between the two of them, I'm just going to write my name in on the ballot like I do. It's always a lesser of two evils here in the city of Chicago. You really don't get... You, I haven't seen a pro-2A candidate on the ballot in the city of Chicago for mayor and I don't know how long. Uh, because the last administration, you have to remember, before uh, the Lightfoot we have now, she's she's ruined this city. She's run it in the ground. She doesn't support firearm ownership. Uh, she, she supports uh, the coming mommies in the red T-shirts, and that's fine. That's why she got voted out. Uh, the previous administration, which was Rahm Emanuel, yeah, I beat him in federal court. And the previous administration before that, which was Mayor Richard Daley, I beat him in federal court as well. So, you know, whatever it takes, uh, the passion is there. We stand our ground, and we're not going anywhere. So between the two candidates that we have uh, on the ballot, um, to the individual that has the question, I'm not voting for neither one of them. I will be writing my name in for sure. <laughs> All right. And I'll take a picture of it, and I'll post it for you guys. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, so we come back from the break. We're talking with Rhonda Ezel. She's the Ezel versus City of Chicago. We're to learn about the court case. We're to learn about Chicago Guns Matter. Rhonda has a story to tell, and I want you guys to hear this story because this is a powerful, this is a powerful young lady uh, who has fought against the City of Chicago and beat them in court not once, but twice, all the way up to the appellate court. They tried to appeal. She shut them down. They tried to appeal again. She shut them down, and she beat the city of Chicago for gun rights. That is the face of your Second Amendment for Illinois and the city of Chicago. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Wolford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? 
Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking with uh, Ms. Ezel. She's the Ezel versus the city of Chicago. That's right. She won this lawsuit, not one, but two lawsuits against the city of Chicago and pushing them back into that box where they belong because it's all about the people and power to the people. It's about our constitutional rights, our right to freedom of speech, our right to assembly, and then having the Second Amendment to, to defend all those rights and others. But someone asked for the update on the bump stock. So let me give you an update on the bump stock case, the Michael Cargill versus Garland uh, D- Department of Justice Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. So we, as an update, as you know, January the 6th, uh, the Fifth Circuit handed down their ruling uh, that 13-3, uh, to 3, uh, we won this case against the DOJ Department of Justice. And now we had to wait a certain amount of days until uh, at least give the government a chance to appeal the case. So the first appeal was February 27th. The government had until that date to appeal to the United States Supreme Court. And they chose not to appeal, so they missed that deadline. And we all know the government's slow to move sometimes, so I don't think too much of it. So now their, on, <laughs> their next opportunity to appeal is going to be April the 6th. They have until then to appeal this case to the Supreme Court, but it's going to be a little harder for them, but they have at least until that day to uh, to file, file another appeal. Now, since they didn't file that, that first appeal on February 27th, the Fifth Circuit sent their ruling back down to the lower court. And so it went back down to the lower district federal court, and the judge handed down his take of the case and the judge in the lower court which was uh, justice david allen ezra he said the matter before the circuit is the fifth circuit court of appeals january the 6th 2023 judgment in this case which reversed the opinion of this court and remanded this case with instructions to enter judgment for plaintiff michael cargill on february 28 2023 the fifth circuit issued its mandate in accordance with the fifth circuit's opinion the court hereby orders the clerk to enter judgment for plaintiff. Therefore, the court orders that this case be closed. Now, that's great. That's good. And then it's like a question mark because it's great because guess what? We won. The judge entered a judgment like you're supposed to. Um, we won the case, you know, and then it was, well, what's the rest of it? Normally, what happens is the judge gives you a relief. He says, okay. Or he or she will say, this is what you asked for, 
So this is what I'm going to grant you. This is what we're going to give you. But they didn't give us that relief. So being that he wrote this the way he wrote this, this is how I take it. All right. So I take it like this. We asked for our relief, our demand for relief said, I hold unlawful. You know, I want uh, hold unlawful and set aside the final rule under the five USC. I want the the court to set aside this final rule, meaning that it, bump stocks should be legal in all 50 states. That's what I asked for. He said he granted um, what the, you know, the Fifth Circuit, you know, uh, told him to grant. And that was our demand. The second thing I asked for, issue a preliminary permanent injunction prohibiting defendants from enforcing the final rule against the plaintiff. I'm assuming that I got that because he didn't say I didn't. Issue a preliminary and permanent injunction prohibiting defendants from enforcing the final rule against all persons similarly situated to the plaintiff within the jurisdiction of the United States District Court for the Western District of Texas. He didn't say otherwise. I assume we got that. So everyone should be covered. Issue a declaratory judgment pursuant to 28 U.S.C. declaring that the final rule in issued by defendants is unenforceable against plaintiff. I'm assuming I got that. I should get my bump stocks back. Uh, issue a declaratory judgment pursuant to 28 U.S.C. declaring that the final rule issued by defendants is unenforceable against all persons similarly situated to the plaintiff within the jurisdiction of the United States District Court for the Western Dis District of Texas. He didn't say otherwise, so I'm assuming that means everyone is covered. We're all great. Issue a declaratory judgment and permanent injunction barring enforcement of the relevant statutes against Mr. Cargill for his past possessions of any bump stocks devices that he, ATF, had previously approved for private ownership. So I'm assuming I'm getting them back. Award attorney fees and cost of plaintiff. I'm assuming we're going to get our attorneys paid and award any other relief as court deems just, equitable, and proper. So I'm assuming that because these, these are our you know, demands for relief. And the way he wrote this is by saying, hey, uh, remanded this course, uh, this case with instructions to enter judgment for plaintiff Michael Cargill on February 28, 2023, the Fifth Circuit issued its mandate in accordance with the Fifth Circuit's opinion. The court hereby orders the clerk to enter judgment for the plaintiff. So I'm assuming we got everything. So I take that to mean that, hey, bump stock should be legal in all 50 states. You know, and so now we have to clarify. So I can't leave it at that. I can't assume anything, but that's what I'm assuming. So I'm going to leave it up to my attorneys to get some clarification. We need clarification from the court or maybe the Fifth Circuit uh, because it should. we need it in writing. It needs to be in the order, uh, not just left open-ended like that. You know, By doing this, this judge, Judge Ezra, basically just gives a middle finger to the Fifth Circuit and takes his toys and he goes home, basically what he does. He's upset, and I, and I get it, you know, uh, you know, when you're, you know, you rule on a case and then someone over, you know, overrules that case and totally reverses you, you know, I, I, I get it. People take their, take their job very serious and it's personal for you. Get it? I totally understand, you know, but, you know, there's a, there's a process and, you know, there's got to be some type of relief. So we can't leave it open-ended like that. So what we're waiting on, waiting on, you know, hearing back from, you know, the government and also the court to see if we can get, you know, a, this last little bit finished here because we need it in writing. I don't want to do anything until I have everything in writing. All right, so I hope that's clear with everyone. So that's the update on the bump stock lawsuit. Uh, there's more to come. Should have something in another week or two. Uh, another update on that. So just sit back, sit tight, and relax. 
You know, but hey, you know, we definitely should be good in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. <laughs> and they're being sold. They're actually being sold in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. You can go to bumpstock.com. That's bumpstock.com. And you can buy one uh, for Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. Just so you know. So let me go back to Rhonda. Rhonda, Pretty let me cool tell case. you. Yeah. All right. So, you know, Rhonda, uh, Chicago guns matter. Tell me, you know, so the purpose for, you know, coming up with Chicago guns matter is so that you guys can put a face to the court case, you know, in the court cases that you guys are fighting. Uh, so people can see, you know, who's representing, um, you know, who, who, well, who the plaintiffs are. And so you, you've gone to the, you know, you've spoken at what, the NRA convention. You know, tell us a little more about that and how all that stuff progressed. Well, what we did at Chicago Guns Matter is we wanted to figure out how could we give this information out to the general public? Because the average gun owner isn't into politics and they're not into litigation. More or less so it's word of mouth of what they hear on the news. And so we knew we had something by stepping out of our comfort zone, taking on political powers to be, and making history doing so. So when we were in litigation, we knew we had something special when we won against the city of Chicago. Because again, we had this corrupt system in place. We were known for having the most strenuous gun laws in the nation. And we came in and we kicked the door down. And we knocked all of those things down. And when I tell people about the city of Chicago, because there's a misconception about firearm ownership here, let me make it very clear. In the city of Chicago, we went from zero firearm ownership to shall issue concealed carry. That is huge. That is huge. Because some states have may issue, and they may never get issued. And some that does have a shall issue, does the state issue the licenses? Look at what uh, New York is going through right now even considering um, the Bruin winning. Um, so they they still trying to defy the Supreme Court ruling in Bruin. And so at Chicago Guns Matter, we said, you know what, let's figure out what we can do to make sure people know who we are, let them see our faces, let them understand who's fighting and taking a stand for their rights. Chicago is such a corrupt place, people doesn't even want you to know that they own a gun because of the corrupt system. Mr. McDonald, he uh, was the one that started this. He blazed this trail, and he was harassed by the Chicago Police Department mm. uh, in the middle of the night, uh, shining lights in his windows and, and harassing his family because he had sued the city of Chicago and taken them to court. Now, I didn't experience any of that type of foolery, but uh, someone at some point did mention, oh, well, you know, they're going to kill you, you know, they're going to try to kill Well, yeah, well, my grandma said if they want some, they got to bring some. So there's that. Um, I didn't worry about it because um, I know I'm passionate about the fight. Um, I wasn't worried about what would someone do to you if you take a stand. Uh, I mean, you can get struck by lightning, you can get hit by a car, whatever, you can get choked on a fishbone or something, whatever. Um, but what we do know is the importance of advocacy, uh, education, empowerment, and, and, and facts. People that think we do not 
carry firearms in Chicago. You're wrong. We, we've made it possible right here. I carry a gun every day. We carry firearms every day in the city of Chicago. Now, we are uh, dealing with uh, lawsuits now that has been filed because of the unconstitutional ban that's in place that our corrupt governor has signed into law. I mean, we had shell bills that they utilize as um, gun control measures, and they cited into law without even going through committee. And um, down in our Illinois General Assembly, so they didn't even go through the normal three readings that they need to go through in order to become law. Well, this is where they uh, do these corrupt situations, and they say, well, we do what we want, and no one could do anything about it. And so they made this law, they signed it, and even inside of that bill, it states that no one can contest them on that. Well, they were wrong. Mm. Because we have like at least, at the least, 10 uh, lawsuits going on right now. Most have been, the federal ones have been consolidated. And then there, there are other ones that are uh, fought on the, the, the illegal way that it was signed into law without the reading. And then you have some uh, fighting uh, on other avenues of, of the law. And so, nevertheless, we have one that um, where a FFL uh, All right. has sued. All right, hold that thought. And, um, All right, hold that thought, Rhonda. We'll come back to talking about the FFL and, and where you're going from there. We'll talk with Rhonda Ezel. She's with Chicago Guns Matter. That's the Ezel versus City of Chicago. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking with Rhonda Ezel. We're talking about Ezel versus City of Chicago. And Rhonda was telling us about how this new shenanigans with the City of Chicago and the Illinois gun ban is unconstitutional. Rhonda, take it away. Absolutely, Michael. Right now, we're in a fight of our lives here in the state of Illinois with the new law that the governor signed in. The law that the governor signed in is unconstitutional, and it's a law that uh, violates the rights of all gun owners in the state of Illinois. Uh, they don't want FFLs to sell AR-15s, magazines, semi-automatic handguns, etc. So uh, they have been um, told by the judge that they have to literally list every item that they have banned. And so there are several lawsuits going on right now. We had one in Naperville. 
where uh, an FFL was suing them because the um, city of Naperville was saying that that they could not sell firearms, right? Could not sell AR-15s, etc. And so they recently got a um, a decision in that case where the judge, of course, she uh, uh, was it was not in favor of gun owners, and and this is the same judge that tried that twice in my case and was overruled at some point. So it's going to happen again here. But what we're dealing with is an unconstitutional ban on AR-15s, magazines, semi-automatic handguns, and everything in between, even 22 uh, long rifles. So, you know, these people are uh, corrupt at its finest. So they don't want you to own anything. They don't want you to possess anything. They don't want you to sell anything to anyone. And they tend to believe that they're correct and they know that they're wrong because uh, the New York State Rifle and Pistol uh, decision at the Supreme Court has settled all of this. You know, it was settled with Heller. Uh, We had the McDonald case. Those are all historical Supreme Court victories. And in my case uh, alone, uh, there are uh, things there that let them know that the right to possess a firearm for protection implies a corresponding right to acquire and maintain proficiencies in their The core right wouldn't mean much without the training and practice that makes it effective. Mm-hmm. These are things that are stated in the Ezel versus City of Chicago case. Nevertheless, they want to violate the Bruin decision. They want to violate the Heller decision. They want to violate the McDonald decision. And they want to uh, violate the Ezel decision. These are things that aren't going to stand. So as the FFLs right now are fighting for their lives and the lives of the, uh, their their live, living uh, arrangements because they, if they can't sell firearms and they lose their businesses, then they'll lose everything. They Their employees will lose their jobs and they can't provide for their families. You know, mom and pop stores will be struggling. People will have to shut down. And as of now, they're are a few people that uh, in a certain lawsuit uh, where they paid uh, $200 to be a plaintiff, they have TROs. There's, there were four cases that have uh, temporary restraining orders against this unconstitutional uh, law that was signed into place. So those people and those FFLs are allowed to do transactions accordingly because they are part of that lawsuit. And the rest of the state has to actually wait it out until uh, this thing is actually outright won in federal court. If not, I, I think it'll be going to the uh, the United States Supreme Court as well, because what we've just found out um, earlier this week was that we have two justices that sit on the Illinois State Supreme Court that were just elected into office during the last uh, round of elections, and our governor had donated a million dollars each to each of the justices that sit on the bench for the Illinois State Supreme Court. So we see that as a conflict of interest. Mm. I I don't know how anyone could see that as a conflict of interest. Nevertheless, the governor was questioned about it, and and he tried to, uh, you know, play it off and said, oh, does, I donate all the time. Does that mean everyone in the state has to recuse themselves from... No, we know what we're talking about here because if you go back to the beginning of this, the reason that they skipped 
the three readings and just signed it into law because it was a shell bill and then they shoved gun control measures inside of a, a bill that had nothing there and then they made it law. And then they said, can't nobody do anything about it. You can't contest this. And then you walk around and say, oh, it'll, it'll be upheld. How do you know that? When you're clearly violating uh, Supreme Court rulings. And just so you know, we're talking with uh, Rhonda Ezel. She's with the Ezel v. City of Chicago, Chicago Guns Matter. And we're talking about this new, um, I guess, new law that the governor has signed to go into law in, Chicago, in well, in the state of Illinois. Which And Rhonda, give me a rundown of what this new law actually says again. Well, the, the, the law actually prevents the sale of AR-15s, any semi-automatic rifle, handgun, uh, magazines that are more than uh, 15 round capacity, uh, 22 long rifles, etc. So there's a slew of firearms. And I think they have like 1,400 pages of items that they have banned. And it bans parts. It bans accessories, etc. So in, in hindsight, it's like you can't buy anything. The stores can't sell you anything. Whatever you have, you're stuck with, uh, so on and so forth. Well, again, that's not what Bruin says. That's not what Heller says. not what McDonald says. It's definitely not what Ezell says because we have a right to acquire firearms as well and maintain them in their use. So how do I maintain the firearms that I already acquired or I'm going to acquire, right? I would need more parts. I would need more accessories. I would need to be able to go purchase these things and be able to make sure that my firearm is maintained and usable. But the governor doesn't want uh, mom and pop stores. They don't want any FFLs uh, in the state selling firearms. They don't want them selling uh, ammunition. They don't want them selling magazines. They don't want them selling parts and accessories. So this is where we are. And they and they truly believe that this is going to stand clearly knowing that they're in violation of the law. Wow. Uh, so where do you guys go from here? So we have, uh, there are several court cases right now that's challenging this. There are also some sheriffs in, in the state of Illinois that say they're not going to enforce this at all. And so they're coming out and Absolutely. speaking out. Absolutely. And, and the sheriffs, the sheriffs that have taken a stand against the governor's unconstitutional act here, they are right. I have to agree with them because the governor does not tell the sheriffs what to do. The sheriffs are duly elected in this state of Illinois. They are elected to their position. So therefore, they don't follow what the governor says. They follow the law, not what the governor wants them to follow. Okay? So being elected to their office means that the governor isn't their boss, right? He doesn't get to say what he did say, and I quote, they'll do their job or someone else will, meaning that he will fire them if they don't comply with his unconstitutional ban. And they said that they would not, mm. that they weren't supporting that and that they're not going to be um, arresting individuals because the governor wants you to... Um, only not be able to purchase firearm and ammunition and accessories. They want you to register your firearms with the government. That's just more tyranny. And uh, we're, we're not going for that. It's just something that we're not going to partake in. And, and that's, why it's a, fight it, this that's why it's very important to know who your, your DA, your district attorney is. It's, it's very important to know who your sheriff is. Uh, your sheriff is probably one of the most powerful people in the county where you live. 
the sheriff can kick the federal government, you know, uh, out, you know, ATF out of the county and say, no, you're not going to enforce anything in my county. You're not going to put anyone in my jail. So the sheriff is very powerful, and that sheriff can shield you, the people, uh, where the rest of the government has actually failed. So the, your sheriff is very important. And, you know, even, and even in Texas, you know, there, there are opportunities for your government to shield you from the federal government. Uh, like in Texas, you know, you, you have a, a group of people that are in charge of the, the governor's mansion. You have someone in charge of the governor's mansion, someone in charge of the House, someone in charge of the Senate. And they can actually create a bill right now that can shield you from, like, federal gun laws if they wanted to. Because they're in control of all three branches of government here in Texas. You know, look how it's going down in Chicago. Look how it's going down in Illinois. Do we want to be in that situation here in Texas if the tables get are turned and things are flipped around? So we need to do what we need to do now to make sure that we have all those things in place right now so we don't have to worry about it down the road. Uh, Rhonda, you know, you guys are, man, you guys are putting up this heavy, heavy fight. Um, you know, what do you do? What, what do you do once this move, you know what? I'll tell you what, we'll come back. We come back from the break. I'm going to, I got a couple questions for you. And then I, cause you're telling me this is a great story here. I'm so, you know, man, I'm just, I'm so glad that I reached out to you and we had a chance to, you know, talk and chat and, I got a chance to learn your story because I didn't know your whole story. And this is so exciting because I'm glad we got a chance to put a face, a face to what is happening in the state of Illinois. We got to put a face to what is happening to the city of Chicago, put a face to these court cases that are being won against the city of Chicago. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, that is Ezel versus the city of Chicago. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking with Rhonda Ezel. She's telling us about you know, Chicago Guns Matter. And Rhonda, you know, how is uh, Mr. McDonald doing? You know, Mr. McDonald, may he rest in peace. He's no longer with us. Uh, he passed away a little bit after the fight. And uh, that's why we fight so hard. You know, we made a promise to Mr. McDonald that we will continue to fight and make sure that um, gun owners... Uh, did have the benefit and the right to self-defense because if it wasn't for Mr. McDonald blazing the trail with the McDonald versus Chicago uh, for the handgun ban that was in place, uh, Mr. McDonald brought us that uh, historical landmark victory at the Supreme Court level. So we always uh, love Mr. McDonald. We thank Mr. McDonald. He's family. He's like my dad. Um, and he's no longer with us. So we love you. And uh, thank you for this fight, though. And so was he able, was he ever able to get his license? He was not able to get his license, but his family did. Mm. Uh, so his wife and his two daughters uh, went ahead and they got their training, the firearm safety training and education. They got certified. They got their concealed carry licenses. And uh, that's that's part of the fight. So, Man. yeah, but uh, Mr. McDonald did not. Okay. 
All right, now tell us, you know, because I'm I'm thinking about coming to Chicago and getting my my gun license. Uh, what do I need? You know, what do we need to do to get that gun license? I want to get a Chicago gun license. You want an out of state license? You can get an out of state license. Yeah, that's street cred right there. It may take you forever to get it because the residents here, it takes forever for them to get there. So that's another thing that we've been fighting against. We really don't believe in in the FOIA card system, but it was a a mechanism put in place, again, that prevented black people from owning firearms back in the day. But it's just a cash cow. It's how they make money. Um, It's FOIA card system is, uh, Illinois is one of four states, I believe, in the nation that still has a FOIA card. I think it's, what, Illinois, Hawaii, New York, and who else has the FOIA card? I don't know. Yeah. Boston or something. Uh, nevertheless, so how, so how uh, do we... you can get an out-of-state license from um, the state of Illinois. You would have to do 16 hours of training mm. and um, fill out the application, pay your fines and fees. And then they'll send it to you eventually, mm. at some point. Yeah. It's not like Texas, you know. In Texas, you can get a you can get a, a gun license in like two weeks in Texas. Oh no, that's not gonna happen here. You, you get you, the fastest ID you get in the country is a Texas gun license. You know, people. You know, the fastest. Rhonda, people are moving here to Texas. They're trying to get their driver's license. They can't get a driver's license appointment in the driver's license office, right? It's taking them, you know, two months, three months to get an appointment in the driver's license office. They're so backed up. But I tell people, if you want to get an ID, I tell you what, you come to Texas, you take that handgun license course, and we can get you your gun license in two weeks. You know, that that's pretty quick. That's pretty quick. But the fastest I've ever gotten a license, I got my out-of-state Pennsylvania concealed carry license, was like 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Really? Because I had I had one, and then when it expired, you had to go in, in person in um, Pennsylvania to renew it. And I went to Central County. I went with friends and we filled out our applications. We was right there, paid our fines and fees. They processed it and handed it right back to us through the window. Wow. Bam, right there. Oh, wow. Awesome. All right, Pennsylvania. Awesome. That's what I'm talking about. Absolutely. That's what I'm awesome sauce. Like, boom. But here in Chicago, uh, in the state of Illinois, they're violating that. They have uh, when we got the concealed carry uh, one on the books, it was like supposed to be 30 days or 90 days or whatever the processing time is to get your license. Right. Six months, eight months, years, uh, just procrastinating. Uh, they're violating that. That's why we always talk about void the void because we no longer want that system in place where we uh, get have this permission slip from our government paying fines and fees to exercise a fundamental right. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say one has to pay fines and fees to the government in order to protect yourself. Mm. So we're totally against the FOIA car system. Once again, we say void the FOIA, and we're attacking that as well. That's right. So, it's Sunday. Uh, a it's, lot of things, it's Sunday. Go ahead and preach. The, the FOIA card system just may go down um, with uh, the lawsuits that's uh, being fought in place right now. That's one of the... Um, collateral damage uh, things that could happen if Illinois win, Illinois loses this uh, these laws, the, the, the new lawsuits that are being fought right now in federal court uh, against the governor. So there's a lot of things that could take place as well, and they didn't realize that. So they put a lot out there, and there's a lot on the table, and that's why we're fighting so hard. Mm. 
So avoid the Ford. So we need to get rid of that Ford car. Uh, man, avoid hopefully, ho- hopefully in like 20, 30 years, we'll have constitutional carry for Illinois. Why, why that long, though? I, I don't think, I honestly don't believe that the Supreme Court is going to wait that long because in Bruin, it's text, history, and tradition now. There's no longer a two-step test that used to be in place, but it's on the government to uh, to make their case. It's not on us as gun owners to say whether or not um, these things exist. The government has to prove their point. That is what it is now. So if it's not text history and tradition, then they would definitely lose. And that's what's going to happen here in the state of Illinois. It's just that we have to go through all the red tape and the rigmarole to deal with all the corruption, as usual. Uh, Because, again, like you stated earlier, our um, governor, along with our county sheriff and our attorney general, are all uh, in on this corrupt madness of our our attorney general, he used to be my state representative who was at the table when concealed carry was passed. And I quote, we will give you concealed carry if you carve out Chicago and Cook County. Such a racist statement to make. Mm, so, mm. you know, there these people are against our rights. They're against um, gun owners. But I think what they do is they take the Second Amendment and utilize it as a political pawn, as if the Second Amendment is for white old men or Republicans only. And so uh, the notion that they like to utilize the Second Amendment as uh, their little uh, political football, uh, we're not having it. We're gun owners. This is our right. We're not going to have it. We dealt with um, segregation, slavery, Jim Crow laws, no guns for Negroes. They can take it and shove it right now. This is ours. We're not going back. We're not giving up our rights. We're going to stand on it. We're going to enjoy our rights like everyone else. We are American gun owners. We're going to continue to fight. We're going to continue to push inclusiveness. We're going to make sure that everyone understands that they have a fundamental right to self-defense and that they are their own first responders and that they are responsible for their own safety. Never outsource your safety to the government. Mm. Mm. All right. That's what I'm talking about. You know what, Rhonda, tell go ahead. I get too passionate. No, you're fine. You're right on track there. Right on track. Rhonda, tell us uh, your website. Uh, do you guys have, you know, monthly meetings? You know, how, how does that work, uh, uh, Chicago Guns Matter? You know, we, we used to have monthly meetings. Right now, what we do at Chicago Guns Matter is we we continue to stay in the fight. We Our cases are cited in all these cases across the country. That is the goal. Our work is working. We continue to preserve the rights in this country. We be at events. We have speaking engagements. We're doing training sessions. We go wherever we are invited. We do our speaking. We train. We shoot with people. We want to educate them as much as possible. Uh, our website is www.chicagoguns.org. ChicagoGunsMatter.org. You can reach us at Chicago Guns Matter backslash Facebook, Rhonda Ezell backslash Facebook, at MS underscore E Z E L L on Twitter, and Chicago Guns Matter at Twitter. And, you know, you guys, I, I'm looking at your site here. It says Restoring Your Rights. You're talking about becoming gun owners. And it, it's sad that up until this point, here we are in 2023, you still don't have a gun range for the public in the city limits of Chicago. Right. Now, that part there is I'm asking all the uh, rich, well, 
off millionaires, billionaires uh, in the 2A community or anyone that's in business that want to um, invest in building that first brick and mortar gun range. You have nothing to lose. It's, it's all gain here. Um, you want to build the gun range? We would love you. We will welcome you. We've done the work. We've done our part. The cases have been fought. The cases have been won. The foundation has been laid. All we're looking for is an investor, someone to come in and say, hey, I want to make history. I want to build the first brick-and-mortar gun range in the city of Chicago. And that's all we can just stick it to them. Mm, that's all we need. They need that gun range in Chicago. Finally, come on down. So there's the opportunities there. <laughs> there's no gun range in entire. This is a major, major city in the United States. And there is no. And there is no gun range. There's an opportunity for someone right there. You want to start a business? There you go. Right there, Chicago. You know what, Rhonda? I want to thank you. Thank you, Rhonda, for coming on the show and laying this out for us. Uh, this is, you know what? This is not the first time. We're going to have you back on again. I really appreciate you. Thank you for telling us your story. I'm excited. Uh, for you, I'm excited for your organization, Chicago Guns Matter. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting up the fight. Keep taking to the city of Chicago and take it to the state of Illinois and shut that governor down. Thank you, Rhonda Ezel. We come back from the Thank break. We're going to talk about this and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so this gun news update is going to be brought to you by Pacific Automation. Uh, Pacific Automation can help you adapt a hybrid work environment with cloud services or upgrade your cybersecurity. Visit PacificOffice.com to schedule a complete technology assessment. Pacific Office Automation. Problem solved. All right, so let's get into the gun news. So let's go over to Arizona, Zach in Arizona. Let me tell you something, Zach. Mm -hmm. Arizona, this rancher, man, dude, he is in some big trouble. He's got a bond set at a million dollars. This guy is in his 70s, and it looks like it. this case is not looking good for him. It looks like he's going to be going down uh, hard uh, for shooting this migrant. Uh, in Arizona. So the Border Patrol agent claims that Arizona rancher George Allen Kelly being intentionally vague in his 911 calls, according to a report by the Border Patrol. And they're, they're you know, they're, everything's been mounted against this guy. It's not looking good for him. Not looking good for him at all. Yeah, so what he said was, in checking his property, he believed that he possibly struck something when he shot warning shots at migrants. Ooh. Can't do warning shots, people. We talked about that. If you're in Texas, you cannot do warning shots in Texas. So, man, I guess maybe they're trying to go down for a lesser offense. Maybe that's what they're shooting for. Mm. You can get charged with both. Fire, you know, killed one. Deadly conduct and murder. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you might be careful what you say. I'm, I'm questioning his attorney now. Yeah, you don't shoot unless you are authorized and using deadly force. Yeah, know where your threat is and what's behind that threat. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
He's 74 years old, too. Not looking good. Uh-uh. Uh, they said he's made this call before. The agent told the dispatcher he ended up just being aliens on his property, and he says the same thing. I think he's just trying to get a quicker response out there, but obviously we've got to take it. Uh, last statement was he thinks they were shooting at him, and he thought he heard gunshots, but then he saw people running, but he didn't see any firearms. The agents told the dispatcher, but he's checking his ranch with his weapons to check his livestock. Okay, the dispatcher said. He didn't shoot back correct. He shoot. He didn't shoot back correct? No, the agent answered. At least he's not saying he did. And around 3 p.m., a Border Patrol agent called the sheriff's office to relay a conversation with Kelly's wife. The agent claims that Kelly's wife said the rancher was following a group of five people who had come onto their property. Kelly is currently trying to pursue them. He's chasing them south, according to what the agent said. Later that evening, Kelly told Sheriff's Office Dispatcher more about the blood, the body found. You know the saying, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you can say can and will be held against you, Kelly says to the dispatcher at one point. I'm not admitting to anything I've done, Kelly added. But you know, all of those things tend to add up, and I don't know what happened. I just know what I just saw about 15 minutes ago, and it's something that an ambulance cannot help. Wow. So, yeah, this is not looking good. He, he definitely talked too much in that 911 call, it sounds like. Mm, and he even said something to the, the person on the phone where um, he said, yeah, I know I can talk to you, but you're responsible for what I say, and I'm responsible for what I say. Wow. <laughs> Let's go to Germany. Man, Zach. I never thought we'd be talking about Germany and a mass shooting in Germany. Yeah, a guy walked into a Jehovah's Witness hall in Hamburg and killed six people, injured eight. But One guns, of wait, was guns. Twenty-eight-year-old pregnant woman. Guns are bad in in Germany. You know they don't have a lot of guns in Germany. No. Yeah, they have like less than a million guns for eighty-four million population. Wow. Or less than a million. Registered gun owners, because all guns have to be registered in Germany. Okay, now, now, wh- who, who's the injured? Who's the shot? Go, to, go through that one more time for me. Uh, six killed, plus the gunman killed himself when the police arrived. Uh, eight injured, one of whom was a 28-week pregnant woman. She mm. lost the baby. The death toll might rise uh, because of those injured people who could possibly die. Wow. Yeah, some guy went in and uh, started shooting up the place. He was part of a uh, amateur. Was his gun legal? It was, yes. So he had a legal firearm in for Germany. Uh huh. Okay. It's not ill. It's not legal to go and shoot people, though. Right. <clears throat> I'm just curious because <clears throat> they always go to you know how do you get access to the firearm and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just curious. So he was legally in possession of the firearm in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay. He right. was. What else about that story? Anything else? Um, nothing big on that one. Okay. He Let's... was a 35-year-old German man. All right. They say why he did it. Um, they don't know exactly. So they don't. To this date, they haven't. They're not saying he left a a note or anything. Uh, no, but someone had reported this guy in an anonymous tip in January that he 
quote, had a particular anger toward religious believers, in particular toward Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, so he said something, done something, and some, and then they actually warned them about this guy, uh-huh. and they didn't heed the warning. Back in January. Wow. So. Wow. Hmm. Okay. All right, let's jump over to New Jersey. Ready to talk about New Jersey? Well, you know what? I get a, you know, people ask, you know, can I get a, a gun license in other states? Well, yeah, you can. There are other states you can't get a license in. New Jersey is one of those states. How do you apply? Well, in the state where rights come to die, many are surprised to learn New Jersey now has a concealed carry. It is not only possible to apply for and receive a New Jersey concealed carry permit, but thousands have been granted. There is, however, a lot of ambiguity about the process. Here, you know, is going to be the eh, little info here on how do you go about that, that process. So um, you got to go to the New Jersey Concealed Carry FAQ. Read that. You know, just Google it, NJ Concealed Carry FAQ. Uh, and it answers a lot of different questions, you know, that people may have. Uh, if you're anyone that's over 21 years of age is eligible, a resident and non-resident of New Jersey can get a, a permit, a U.S. citizen, legal permanent resident. A person must not be subject to any of the exclusions set forth in 2C58-4. Uh, what documents do you need? Well, all you need is driver's license and a birth certificate, driver's license and passport, or, and, and by the way, that's a driver's license and birth certificate or driver's license and passport. So you need a driver's license, birth certificate, or the driver's license or passport. Driver's license and naturalization paperwork, green card, you can use one of those. Uh, notarized form that you have to get. And a mental health record search consent form. Two passport photos. Proof of qualification with the certified fireman's instructor, along with the instructor's proof of certification. So, seems like they've made it a little easier than, than it's been in the past. So, we may have to travel to New Jersey and take this course. Uh, I'm not sure, I'm not seeing information on the class itself, you know, how long it is or anything like that. But it seems like, man, thanks to a lot of court cases, the chips have fallen, slowly but surely. You want to go to New Jersey? With their uh, permit system? Yeah. Get your license? Yeah, you just need a a few things. You need basically an application notarized. Yeah. You want to go? You need a mental health record search consent form. Yeah, you want to go? Do I want to (laughs) go? Yeah, you want to go? Why would I want to go to New Jersey? I don't know. Just ask it. Why would I ever go to New Jersey? Just to get the license. (laughs) I just want to get the license. Do they have reciprocity with other states? They do, but I just want to get the license so I can say I have it. I don't think they talk like that over there. Oh, they don't? Oh, okay, my bad. No. <laughs> How they talk in New Jersey? Jersey. Come on, man. Oh, my goodness. All <laughs> right, so how long is uh, the permanent handgun valid for? Two years. Good Lord, it's only good for two years? How long is it good for here? Five. Five? Uh, where do I submit my application? Uh... Out-of-state residents apply to it at a non-toll road state police barracks closest to your residence. So we just got to jump on the interstate there and go to the barracks and apply. <laughs> so you need a mental health record search consent form. So they search your mental health history? They don't do that in Texas, do they? Yeah. No. Uh, there are numerous firearm ranges in New Jersey that offer qualifications necessary to obtain a New Jersey CCW permit. Although the criteria at each range may differ slightly, so far nearly all such qualifications have been accepted 
by the state police as they're substantially similar to those required for retired law enforcement officers. Contact your local range and ask how can uh, you qualify with them. You also need to provide proof of instructor certification. Yeah, definitely make sure your instructor is certified. That's a big thing, big issue. All right, so, man, that's the little the, the update that we have. And I want to, man, I really want to thank uh, Ms. Ezel for coming on the show here and talking to us about her court case, uh, Ezel versus the city of Chicago. Uh, you know, I hadn't heard a whole bunch about this case, so this was the first time for me having someone lay this out for us. I'm glad we had an opportunity to hear that story and put a face to the name, you know, because uh, I want you to see that, you know, you got to put more faces to the name of a lot of these court cases so you know what's going on. As always, folks, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.